Welcome, everybody, to the Of Saints and Sinners podcast. I am your host, MC Delight. I am joined today by none other than the magnanimous Lord and Taylor himself, EJ. What's up, everybody? What's going on with you, playa? Just chilling, man. Um, living life. Um, just trying to make the best out of everything, as I always say. Yeah, I know last week you were stressed. <laughs> I mean, still stress. But, you know, it is what it is. That's life. It is what it is. As we are get getting, older. Are you getting paid? Of course. Two jobs. All right. All right. You... There you go. <laughs> um, so today, I was uh, I decided to join the fandom and get some Ivy Park Move. merch. Yeah. So, um, so like basically, it was crazy though. So they sing, basically weeks before, like you sign up with Adidas and you ask, you know, ask them to like sing you an update on any of their new releases or whatever. So Ivy Park is included in that. So they tell you the time, and it's like, all right, it's gonna release on the East Coast, or I guess in America, Eastern Standard Time, four p.m. And so. It's like, all right, cool. So you get on the website like four and they open up this. Uh, it's basically like they they prompt you to create a quick checkout. So they're basically just think of it like how you're in line at the grocery store and you're putting. So I don't know. You've been to like uh, you've been to like Trader Joe's, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, like you can you get in line and as you're going around like you're passing stuff that you might want. So you can jump out of line, grab stuff, and then come back to your spot, right? Okay, yes. So that's that's kind of how it works, except more so just think of it like an internet situation oh, where yeah. you can basically set up your, your cart before the checkout actually opens, right? And so I guess you have to kind of game it a little bit. Like you have to know exactly what it is that you want and like what what are the things that you really don't want cuz everybody's basically creating this quick checkout right so everyone's putting in things that they want and like you're getting a notice like say like hey this thing is in high demand so as soon as like quick checkout is open you got to just be ready to go so you already have like your shipping information ready you already have your credit card information ready so I had in there, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to say the amount now. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, had, I had in there a good amount of stuff. I mean, like stuff that I was thinking would be like good Christmas gifts as well. It wasn't all for me. Um, but like they had like beanies. I had like the, both beanies that were in there. I had the baseball cap, um, had the duffel bag, um, was going to get the... Um, a crop top and a uh, and a pair of tights for my girlfriend, and so I had all this stuff in there. Cause it's definitely it's like almost it's five hundred plus dollars to have all this stuff in there. Okay. And so, anyways, I'm waiting for it to time to like for the timer to go down. Waiting, waiting, waiting. It's like so you're watching it. It's like ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And then it, it flashes like, okay, uh, quick checkout is open. I clicked it. 
in that near like millisecond that it took me to click like check out, two of the things were gone. And then they have you address those two things. So you have to close out of that, then go back and check and hit check out again. And by the time I did that, like five of the other things I was I had in my car were gone. Oh boy. I love I left out of there with just the duffel bag and the uh, crop top that my girl had said that she might uh, find. Uh, <laughs> and the bag is for like, you. The, yeah, the duffel bag's for me. Um, I wanted that because I, I need a new, um, like a new duffel bag, new travel bag or something. Yeah. And so, like, it doubles as like a backpack and a um, and like something that you wore, that you would use to like go on short trips and stuff. So. But it was just it was just funny to me because I'm just like whenever I get into these situations, like I remember I think a couple of years back, I told you and like some other of our friends that, you know, there was like this golden ticket on Qatar Airlines. And it was just like it was like a $76 round trip flight from New York to Dubai. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to get oh come on, they wowing. I was trying to get um, I was trying to get all of us coordinated, and by the time I hit like checkout for the tickets, it timed out. Oh and man, that ticket was gone. <laughs> so I'm like, damn, this is this is some crazy stuff. The way they have us programmed, yeah, to, like, buy stuff. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, so that's what I've been up to most of the day, aside from work, just getting ready to uh, buy some stuff from Ivy Park. Um, that's probably so cool yeah. like working from home you could do like other crap like all day I mean not re- yes and no I mean like you still are doing what you need to do I actually I find it a little bit more distracting because it's like okay I gotta if I make lunch right at some point I'm gonna have to wash these dishes because I'm gonna have to want I'm going to need to make dinner at some point, right? And I I personally hate seeing dishes, like, piled up in a sink. And so, you know, like, the entire time, for whatever reason, I'll be in a meeting, and I'll look over at the sink, and I'm just like, I need to clean these dishes before <laughs> before I start cooking dinner. Oh, yeah. And, like, so, like, it's stuff like that that I'm just like, I don't want to be dealing with that during the day like i want to come home and my dishes have already been cleaned and they're ready to use i don't want to wash dishes twice three times a day yeah no no no. i hate washing dishes it's the worst <laughs> my hands be mad yeah dry. yeah yeah i'm like where's the lotion yeah. this is crazy um all right well we are going to get right into it um first section is going to be our testimony or confession. Mm-hmm. Do you have a testimony or confession this week, EJ? Uh, Do you want to testify? Well, no, I have two confessions. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I'll make it brief. Um, well, everybody who listened to last week heard my little saga at the laundry. I went to go do the laundry <laughs> again today. Um, it was not the same lady, but I went in. There was a lady there. So I decided since last week's, um, you know, episode, I said, hello. You know, I decided to, I decided to speak. Yeah, wow. I did. I, I mean, it was, that's gross. Yeah. But I was like, okay. 
that she started like talking to me about other stuff. I was like, oh, okay, this is gonna be a thing. So I said, <laughs> I said, this is why. So then I I loaded the clothes in the, in the washer and I sat down. And then this is where it changed. She was like, do you still go to Kelly Temple? And I was like, oh, here we. I, I don't even know this lady from like Esther, like on like nobody. So she was just like, um, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I don't really. I'm still a member, but I don't go there, but I know plenty of people there. She's like, oh, are they in the building yet? I was like, no, not, you know, just still trying to work it out. But they are on Zoom, having Zoom services every week. She's like, oh, how do you get that? And I was like, well, and I I mean, this is like a stranger. So I'm like, this is like the antithesis of last week. So I'm like, well, you know, you got to go to Zoom.com. And that's all I was really willing to give her at the moment. So then she's yeah. like, oh, okay, just go to Zoom.com. I was like, yeah, you know, just type it. She's like, so I go to Google and type it in. I say, yep, and they'll come up, and then you have to make a profile. It ended. Then she came back like two minutes later, like, okay, so you sure? Like, I just have to do that, right? I said, I promise. And then she said, I can just type in Kelly Temple. I said, whoa, whoa, hold on. I said, no, you need, like, the conference number, the whatever number they use. Now, I'm not, like, a pro at it, but I do know you need to have mm-hmm. some sort of Either with like an invitation or like you have that the number or that crap. So I was like, well, you know. So yeah, I think yeah. she got like kind of whatever. So, so this is where it kind of changed, and I just this is where my confession comes in because mm-hmm. that's not the end of it. So she said, yeah, because um, I really miss seeing Bishop Gaylord. I really want to see him. Oh, at that moment. Okay, for what? Well, well, let me just anybody who's anybody. I, I, I know where this is going. Anybody who does not know, Devin and I grew up at the same church. The only pastor we've known, as far as growing up, he passed on Easter Sunday. He has he was a pastor for mm-hmm. uh, since 1983. So that's 37 years of pastoring. So quite a while. He meet, he has met and. Uh, nurtured generations of people like at least three generations of people anyway so he died yeah. if you're not in the know obviously because of covid like there was no announcements and funerals and all that stuff so i guess she did not know so she said yeah i want to see him and i was at that moment i said i am either gonna let this lady either either i'm gonna be like yeah, okay <laughs> or i'm gonna be like okay let me just tell this lady the truth Cause I, I don't want like that was just so <laughs> nasty to be like okay cool yeah and like yeah and, and no he's been dead for six months so when she said it I actually sat there for about a minute and said okay cool and I went back to my phone but then I said no. EJ just tell her at least give her the knowledge that that man is gone and I said oh, well you know Bishop Gaylord passed right and she was like what what <laughs> I mean, she it wasn't that bad. It was why black yo, people we be going nah. in when we find out. Yo, you know what was that. really black? She, she said, "How come nobody told me?" That was the blackest <laughs> thing, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I don't know. I don't even know you. Like I don't even right. know you. Like, yo, you, you admitted. You admitted that you don't even go there enough for people to know you. Why would anyone tell you? Yo, she was like, I didn't, and she didn't really dread. After that, she kind of like, oh, wow. And she she was saying some other stuff, like, yeah, they got a new pastor now and stuff. You know, like, I informed her, I guess, the latest. But when I tell you, I was about to sit there and be like, yeah, okay, I know you want to see him, so 
And I wasn't going to tell her. Because I just didn't, I was just like, let me end this. I'm done. Like, I already said hello. So oh, that was wow. a My second confession really quick, and I had this thought today. I did not really realize, and this is a, a personal thought, how how you treat money, is your money, is really an issue of respect for yourself. And wow. That's... I've never That's heard. Now, I'm not being like deep. Like I, I, I'm all that. I never heard anyone say that, and I've never had that thought before. But today, after the the weekend that I've had, I said I am not respecting myself because I am not wow. preparing for my future in the way that I, as a man, should. Just as a person, and as a as a person who is yeah. not wealthy. I do not have yeah. the, the way I treat yeah. my money is as if I, as, as if it goes on tree, you know, the cliche saying, or like as if I'm rich mm-hmm. or like I have a trust fund. I don't have any of that. Thank God I have decent income. I have two jobs, two well paying jobs. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I want to respect myself more in the way that I spend my money. And I just, I know that at least people in our age group and our economic bubble, I know we all, not all, but like a lot of us go through the same thing. A lot of us who are young, we just spend money recklessly. And um, yep, I will, if I can encourage anyone who's listening, I would, okay, so, oh, we gotta do something about that. That's awful. <laughs> we, we need to get that's what we to gotta studio. do that's what we gotta <laughs> do well i hope, hope whoever's yeah. in that truck i hope they're okay but <laughs> um <laughs> yo this is so much growth in how so week. oh because i, I would have been like yeah who's that <laughs> you have been like is there anyone <laughs> in there <laughs> no yes because i'll be like i know nobody's in there they just want to get the traffic they just want to <laughs> pop through traffic. That's that's what that is. But no, I I wouldn't. I want to encourage anyone. This is the last thing I'm gonna say about that. I learn to respect yourself, your future. If you're gonna have any kids, if you're gonna get married, if you're gonna do anything, if you wanna own property, anything, respect yourself and your future now by the way you handle your funds. That's it. Those are my two confessions. Yes. Uh, wow, I like that. Um, so I am. I'm just going to do a quick mm-hmm. testimony because I'm feeling quite grateful. Mm-hmm. I was, and it's kind of actually along the lines of what you were talking about with the money thing. Like there was a time not too long ago. And by not too long ago, I mean like a mm-hmm. year ago where my credit card was mm-hmm. maxed out. I'm talking about five figures and I'm just like, and I know for some people, they're like, I know some people have like crazy amounts Mm. of debt and like, I fortunately, I'm fortunate enough to have been in a situation where I never had to do deal with like school loans or Mm -hmm. anything like that. So I came out of college, no debt, nothing. So, you know, I know exactly the reasons why my credit card got up that high, but I'm thankful that like, especially now that like there were so many layoffs during this, um, during throughout oh, yeah. the quarantine, 
I've been able to maintain a job and pay off all of this debt because I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I had money to pay it off. I just didn't want to use the funds that I had um, mm-hmm. been saving yeah. for that purpose. Um, because I was just like, this would have been, I, I don't know. For some reason, I just did not want to use some of that money that I've been saving for like, you know, since I got out of college to pay off this debt. I was just like, this is, this is crazy anyways, but either way, but like, I'm just thankful that I was able to maintain employment and continue to pay off those credit card, yeah. that credit card debt. And I was like, I'm basically completely wow. paid off. Like I did hit zero at one point. I did, I had to make some purchases for like travel for your wedding, bag. but like <laughs> other than and my, oh, no, yeah. I, cash. That, I just paid for in cash. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I'm just thankful that I was able to maintain a job. And like right now my credit card balance is at a point where like, even if, if I lost a job and I had to dip into my savings to pay off this, I wouldn't feel any yeah, type of yeah. way about it. So, um, but yeah, you're so right. Like the way you treat money is a, is a way, is a, a, a signal on mm-hmm, how you treat mm-hmm. yourself, right? Um, and it's the same thing with tons of other things, right? It's just like, it's like your money and your wealth and your health almost go hand in hand, right? Like if you're, if you're treating your body right, like for the most part, you'll be okay. If you have respect for the money that you earn, Right, whether that means saving it, putting it in savings accounts, whether that means setting aside stuff for retirement, you know, whatever it is, or not, or just like not continuously overextending yourself Mm. financially, like that shows a lot about how you think of yourself and like what it is that you're looking to do for that money and what you're looking to do for yourself. Cause you can spend that, you can blow through money easily mm-hmm. in a weekend 300 dollars on like oh, please. in one oh, sitting at a, at a restaurant i won't even tell you where i went like, last night but okay oh, i went to stk go? with a mutual friend of ours and when i left first of all i went to giovanni's for lunch and that was that was like a knockdown drag mm-hmm. out it, it, yes so that wasn't Bronx? bad but i could have oh, like nice. been okay with that but then i went out with our friend and then it, mm-hmm. it's just I walked out so upset. And that's how I came to the theory that I came with today about self-respect <laughs> with money. Cause I just said, I'm not, I'm not yeah. respecting myself. I'm actually, I'm actually abusing yeah. myself. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Like, Oh, that's, 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 yeah. Yeah. DJ. There's, there's, that's, that's part of getting older and more mature. Respecting and, the money. Last I just want to say, um, you know, we all work hard for our money. We don't just sit somewhere like you know, like like a Kardashian. They can like ha- have a club appearance and just show up and they get like whatever, like ten thousand dollars for showing up at a club. Like that's how you, they can make money right. that way. We work hard for ours. I know my my day job. Yep, I'm like, and I hope nobody's listening, but I'm like in pain. Like when I'm there, like it started <laughs> out great, but I think the pandemic and not just the pandemic when we reopened the gym. I, I've just been in a state of like numbness and just wow. I don't want to go and like it's just awful. So the the money I mean, like, it's Damn. still good. I'm still grateful. Don't get me wrong. I still like my coworkers and everything. It's not a total wash. 
but it's just like the the joy right, right. euphoria I used to have is kind of a dub. But I will say, you know, I'm working hard for this money now, and like to be blowing it. It's, it, I think it's disrespectful. And even like at Abyssinians, like every week I gotta learn music. I gotta like do this. I gotta learn arrangements. And you know, gotta get there on time. Gotta do this. Right. And, you know, like I'm working for the money that I make. And you know, right, to right. blow it is not respectful to, if we want to be spiritual, if we, if we do believe in God, it's not, it's not respectful to the, to the opportunities that God's given me. And it's just not respectful to myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm done now. That's it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's real. That's real. Um, let's see. All right. What's next? We're done with testimony and confession. Eh, I was going to do the what's not scripture, but it feels like scripture thing. But it's funnier if you read it on Twitter. I mean, but you, you, should, um, you should, you have one, something. Is that like when you like what's not really Bible, but we just swear it is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was a, I mean, it was a good list. Uh, don't get me wrong. So, like, one of them was just, like, <laughs> was, so, like, people were putting in, like, these, uh, like, sayings that you just hear mm-hmm. in church all the time that you typically, mm-hmm. that aren't in the Bible. So, like, one of them was, like, God wouldn't put you in the situation if he didn't think you oh, yeah. could handle I was like, yeah, that sounds like scripture. Um, another one was, um, oh, name oh, it and claim yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a couple of others, but yeah, if you guys just look up on Twitter, maybe we'll post some of them to the, to our uh, Instagram feed. That's what we'll do. We'll post some of these to the Instagram feed on uh, on Thursday. And you guys can check them out because mm-hmm. um, they're much funnier to read than they are okay. for me to read them to you. Um, anyway, so our first section, I wanted to revisit something that we talked about last week, which is Carl Lentz and, and his infidelity. So my question is, because I... I personally feel like he did this kind of like in broad daylight. And so like, it was only a matter of time that he's going to get caught. But I'm just like, how do you not get caught cheating? Like, are there any best Mm. practices? I mean, the first one is don't Mm -hmm. cheat. Obviously Mm -hmm. ladies, we would never, we would never promote cheating on this show. Um, But what are the, what, what would, if you if you did cheat on your spouse, what would you do to keep her from finding out? And to keep I think it depends on what out. you want to do. I think huh. um, I really don't know how it works with like arrangements, like legal arrangements. If I really just had everything to lose, what I would probably do is take up with someone, maybe some sort of establishment, like a like real like real prostitution. <laughs> like real like like nobody can like <laughs> like if you sign this document you can't say anything. Like an NDA. Oh yeah like some, but like I mean service. if you're talking about like you really like someone who's a regular person, I just always think that's gonna get out. Cause especially if you if you really have feelings, you're just mm. gonna get sloppy. <laughs> you just are 
<laughs> you're just naturally going to get sloppy. Yo, I was re- I was rereading the article from the New York Post uh, with uh, about Carl Lentz and the and the woman who was basically telling up telling like mm-hmm. what it was that he was saying to her, and I was just like, homeboy was giving it up, just like he was like, uh, Middle Eastern mm-hmm, women mm-hmm. are the most beautiful women. He was like, I don't know, like. It's just a something that you do to like me. Sprung. I was like, yeah. I was like, bruh, you have got a wife and kids. And yeah. <laughs> go home. Because, <laughs> like, as I'm reading it and I'm listening and I'm reading, I'm like, kind of like reading what it, how she's saying it in her voice, at least how I'm, how I think her voice is. I'm like, I don't think she actually was like, enthralled with him as much as it was like she was enthralled mm-hmm. with the situation mm-hmm. just more mm-hmm. like oh this is exciting because i don't know if you saw but like her and her husband her ex-husband i guess used to attend mm. the hillsong church like whenever she would go so like she said like oh i had actually seen him before because my husband actually or my ex-husband um mm-hmm. went to attended his church and so, like, and she was like, she straight up gave it up. She was just like, I think Hillsong is wow. a cult. And I was like, she was like, yeah, they don't get particularly deep over there. <laughs> it was all pretty superficial because he had some serious demons. And I was like, oh, wow. She's, she's yeah. just giving in everything to this news, to this reporter. But anyways, so. Well, no, right, well, so back we to say, what you were saying about, um she may not even really been into him, just the situation. Like I always say, you know, I think people, and I'm, this is a very general statement. I think people like mess when, when Mm. mess, and I'm, when I'm calling mess is the thrill because it, it it creates mess. So I think, and I think people like mess. It's like, Oh, they obviously don't want it to make a mess. They don't want to be caught. But like the idea that I'm doing something that, I shouldn't be doing that just really sends people over. It, it, it just makes me, it makes me wonder like, okay, mm. you know, the, the old saying like a married man will never leave his wife. So now some do, but most likely they will not leave their wives for their mistress. And cause the thing is like, if you right, leave for right. your mistress, that thrill is gone. It's like, okay, I'm actually got to like now. And, and then the old saying goes, okay, if you leave for your mistress, he's going to do the same thing to her. Because that thrill is gone because now right. you've chosen her. So um, I just think that's, I just want to say that. I think people just enjoy the thrill of having what they are not supposed to have. And that can be for anything. Yeah. That's true. That is true. It's like we said last week, you know, some people, I mean, she said he was just bored. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how he could have been bored during a pandemic with all these people dying. Of a huge church, a, a seven-service church. Like, of a yeah. huge church. So, like, I know there had to be well, people He could have been bored sexually. That whose family members had gotten sick. I guess. I don't know. It sounded, from the way I read it, it sounded more like he was mm-hmm. just in the house and, like... Yeah moping around um just like the rest of us but yeah um do you think it's appropriate i mean it's not none of it's appropriate but if as a best practice for not getting caught like 
how do you communicate with someone? Because it sounds like he got caught because his messages oh, yeah, were on yeah. iCloud. Like, how how what's what's the best way to communicate? I would assume uh, just call the person and be on the phone and uh, and not have it on text because like yeah. text is forever. the best thing I can say is Snapchat, which is kind of offensive if you, if you carry on an affair. That's kind of like slut stuff, like mm. hey, like show me your titties. <laughs> but like to me, like if I'm carrying on an affair, like with someone who I'm saying I care about, I'm not going to reduce you to like Snapchat. But I mean, I do think that's the most efficient way because mm. it's it, it doesn't work in any form of cloud. Like it's literally whatever device you're using, the message right, is there, right. then it's gone. Pretty simple. It it always sucks when you've like deleted stuff. And you think it's gone forever? Yeah, like yeah. Buy a new phone. <laughs> like my old phone has right everything. Up. Like even because that cloud is so <laughs> sick. Any picture I take on my new phone, it's in the album <laughs> on my own phone. It, it just is all together. And that phone, I'm not even using that phone, and it's there. So that's how. Wow. No, wow. no. I, I you said your cousin it. has. Oh no, that. Oh, that would be awful. Oh, oh, oh. Th- this gallery? No. Nah. <laughs> this is galleries. This, 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 this is awful. So, um, yo, imagine if he had been like, his iCloud account was like on his oh, wife's man. phone, and it was just like, she yep, just and pictures, text messages. Like, this chick's pussy. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yo. Yeah, I could just imagine. I mean, I feel like a black woman would do this. She would just let yeah. it sit and just let it compile for like months and months and months till so there's yeah. like irrefutable proof. Like, <laughs> like wait for the yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like saying and people, you gotta be very careful with iCloud. That's how exactly how it works. I can pick up a conversation yep. on my laptop. And like if my phone died, I can literally go to my laptop and continue exactly where I left off. That's how it is. <laughs> so don't get any ideas with that. Um, I would say I guess Instagram DMs right. do the private photos. I mean, to me, that's just so awful. It's like if you comp- if you if if you're having an affair, I just don't know. They just deserve <laughs> at least the phone. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I mean, we I. As I was, I was someone who cheated back in like college, and what wound up happening to me, I didn't talk to the girl that I that I cheated on. Um, not the girl that I cheated on, the girl that I cheated with. We're on like this secluded area in the middle of Pennsylvania, and so I was just like, damn, I felt horrible about it. But I was just like, you know what? Here's how I'm going to remedy the situation. I'm just mm-hmm. not going to talk to this girl. So, like, I, I I spoke to her one time just to, like, let her know about, like, what I was feeling about things. And she was just like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. So I didn't talk to her. A year and a half goes by. And then the girl who I was dating, her roommate came up to me and was just like, so I heard that you and so and so slept together, and I was just like, I'm like pressed now because I didn't even know if she was coming at me like that. And like, what wound up happening was 
I didn't deny it. I was just like, like, yeah, this oh. happened happened a year and a half ago. And she was just like, well, either you can tell your girlfriend or I will. And I was just like, wow. Like, that's... I was like, all right, mind you, I'm like mm-hmm. actually really cool with this chick. And so I was just like, damn, like, and, and she was also going through some, some of her own stuff. So I think part of it was a little bit of like loyalty, a little bit of it was just like mm-hmm. misery loves company. And so, so anyways, I, um, I wound up telling, I wound up telling my girlfriend what happened. And anyways, that's how I got caught. Uh, and it was hard. Oh. Like, I mean, tears. You still have PTSD. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. PTSD. Do I still have it? Um. Yeah. Because, like, one, I never want to make anyone feel that way. I never want to make anyone feel that way again. And I personally never want to be in that position. It's embarrassing for yeah. everybody involved, to be honest. And it's just like it's not worth it. Um, but what I what I was telling that story for is because like, just like the cloud, how you I thought that once I deaded it with her, that shit would never come back to haunt me. This was like the that was like the iCloud moment for me, and I was just like, oh wow, I can't even hide any of this stuff. It was just crazy, man. So. Yes, yeah, so stay off your iPhones, y'all. I think it's just best to one not cheat. But if you are yeah. going to cheat, stay off your iPhones, and make make sure that you're not using any cloud based uh, communication systems to talk to your to your mistress or was was the male uh, version of the mistress? Uh, I don't know. It's so uncommon. No, well, actually, it's not. But I don't know what the name is. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> we need to make a name for that. <laughs> well, listen, make them sign an NDA. Listen, let me tell you something. Because if they, if they speak... Right, you uh, see how well it worked for Trump? Yeah. Listen. You how well it worked for Trump. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, I got a question. Um, I went to brunch Sunday and I put something out to the table. And I just said, listen. Because, I mean, my mind is evolving to some things. Because, I mean, you know, I obviously don't know how I'd feel in this situation, but I do think it should be discussed. What Would you have, like, a marriage? And I guess you had, like, your first few years of, like, y'all were only doing each other. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. clearly that's, like, a thing. Like, it's hot. But then, mm-hmm. you know, like, when that, that kind of area comes in where it's, like, okay, not as exciting anymore, mm-hmm. would you ever bring someone else into it? And with that, it's clearly just sexual. It's between mm-hmm. you and your your spouse. You can bring one or two other people, whatever, have these little events. When those events are over, it is clearly you and them again. Right. Committed, right. living the life. But like just so you all kind of keep stuff hot, it's I I don't know if that's called like an open marriage or like you just bringing people in. Um, yeah, that's I I I wouldn't consider that an open marriage. Is it, is it open when you like you you go do your own thing and then come back? Yeah, I think that's 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 what an open marriage would conventionally be. Mm-hmm. With like each person has the I guess 
I don't want to call it a right, but oh, they, yeah. have, they have the, uh, yeah, they, they're allowed to um, entertain third parties. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess this would be like swinging. <laughs> third, fourth, and fifth parties. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so swinging is different. Swinging is like when couples swap with each other. Oh, that's dope. Um, <laughs> well, um, well, if you're asking me, mm-hmm. would I would I want to bring a third party into it? Mm-hmm. Um, no, and the reason for me is just because I I think it's a couple of things. One, I've actually never really, I've never really entertained the idea of like having a threesome. Like I know that was that's like a huge fantasy for a lot of men, uh-huh, uh-huh. but like it never really appealed to me. I was just like, it's too many bodies. Uh-huh. I I personally want to focus on like one person. Like I enjoy whenever I do have sex, I enjoy it just being me and the other person. Uh-huh. And so I don't need another person there distracting me. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I was just like, are you okay? Are you bored? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um as far as do I think it's okay if there is if there are people who are doing it yeah absolutely uh-huh, uh-huh. um i think i think some people need outside stimulants to help them at least sexually in their in their relationships like i think some people it's um it's like going to strip clubs like some people it's like i they enjoy the strip club but they go home to whoever it is that they, um, that they're you know wedded to or dating or whoever. Some couples go to strip clubs together just because they enjoy that type of um, entertainment. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, there are some people who watch. There are couples that watch porn together. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So you know, it's not. It's not outside the realm of reason that people would do something like bring in another party to help spice things up for their marriage or whatever. I think so. So that's, that's one thing. And then the other part for me as to why I wouldn't do it. I know that there are some things that I have addictive behaviors Mm -hmm. with. And I have a feeling that if I liked that Mm -hmm. there's no putting that back in the bag like you you've already opened up pandora's Mm -hmm. box and i don't want to deal with like the temptation of that of like what that could mean for me like yeah you know obviously this is that's one situation where there comes with parameters of like you're bringing someone in and then you know you're going back to your to your wife but was like what was like no i'm actually really bored with my wife <laughs> and now now you've actually opened up something in me that i'm not willing to part mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. you know and so that's that's i would it would not be my go-to thing if i felt like my marriage was uh my marriage or my relationship was like rocky or if i felt like things were kind of lackluster you know um 
I would say that that's something that you would want to actually try when you guys are actually at a high with each other and not at a low. Mm-hmm. Good point. Because if you're at a low, it's just going to, I think it'll just exacerbate the situation that you guys mm-hmm. are in. I don't know if that's like one of those things that brings you back together. Right. It'll be like, oh, yeah, I really don't need you. <laughs> right. Or like, yeah. Or like, or like we can't do like, this. Or like, we can never be alone again. Like, now we yeah, gotta have either that. that or like, or like, oh, I'm missing something. Oh. You know, like, and I can't get it with this person. And that's just, that's like, obviously, that's like the worst of what could happen in those type of situations for, for some couples. It it might do the trick for them. Who knows? Maybe they're like, "Oh, that's all I was missing," and and they're right back in bed with their husband. Like my husband or my wife does does it. Yeah, that, know, that's the scenario per- that I'm like fine. trying to paint. But I know it, it can definitely backfire as well. Why? What were the people at your table saying? Everybody's like, "Yeah, no, I can't do that." I'm like, oh, "Okay, interesting." <laughs> I just think that's interesting. <laughs> I just know. I just um, know. I just think people always think about those early days of being married, and at least the first few years, if you're lucky, you know, like you're just doing it all the time and all that kind of stuff. And but like, you know, there's gonna come yeah. a time where you're not doing it at all. Not at all, but like, it's just like not a thing because you that thrill is gone. Like the newness, like figuring out what they want in the bed, and like it's just gonna be so commonplace and routine. Um, right, that's right. very normal, and everybody knows it's normal. It doesn't mean you're not gonna have sex like 20 years in, it's just like that hotness is not gonna be there. I mean, not that it's not, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what I'm talking about because I've never been married, but I just I just know that I'm here <laughs> and I know what makes sense, and it, that, that yeah, just makes total yeah. sense. It's like it's not gonna have that same thrill. You can still communicate that way, but it's just not gonna be the same, and that's why I just am asking people, like, would you be open like down the road to just put a little cherry on top exploring that yeah i think that that's the other part of it too right like you can't i find that situations like that and this is me totally shooting the shit like off the top of my head i could be wrong listeners if you think i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong um i think one both of you need to be in agreement Mm -hmm. that it's actually it's not something that that only one party wants mm-hmm. right like i find like a lot of the time it's usually men who tr- are like trying to pressure women into bringing some third party into the bedroom uh-huh. um and not and a lot of women aren't comfortable with that but they'll do it because their husbands or their boyfriends or whoever it is that they're dealing with are like pushy about it and there are there are some women who are like, no, I would I would do a threesome because you know that's just what they want to mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. But I think it it needs to be something that both of you are comfortable with, um, and that you're not doing it to try and like save your marriage or save your relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like it shouldn't be a <sighs> ultimatum's not the right word, like last but... straw. Yeah, like it shouldn't be like this. Yeah, two points. It just shouldn't be a last straw. Um, you know, it should be something that you guys do um, in confidence with each other, knowing that like 
you this is something that you both want to do and, and also it's more towards like just getting things exciting in the bedroom not necessarily trying to spark up your entire uh-huh, marriage uh-huh. so i think that's my key point here don't use it as a way to try and spark up your entire marriage because that that physical stuff that won't work like this just i don't I don't think anyone who's struggling in their marriage wants to see their spouse mm-hmm. <laughs> having sex with somebody else. I almost <laughs> people say it all the time, but it's almost like I almost think that that's such a minute factor, even though people make it like it's this big thing, and it is. But I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing in a relationship is feeling needed and wanted, mm. and you know, of course. And people make it like it's a sex thing. It was like no, like if you just like talk to your significant other or spouse on how much you love them and need them. And I've struggled with that before, you know, right. like being vulnerable that way. Uh, that intimacy will remain because you just know someone wants you and someone wants to be around you and, and they need, or, you, or like you need them in your life. That's what really just... Right, right. And then that will create an intimacy from there. So, yeah. who am I? Um. Well, that was our sex talk and sex <laughs> advice from, from two amateurs. Boys. <laughs> from two amateurs. Yeah. Well, you, well, <laughs> one who's gotten one who's gotten caught. Right. <laughs> oh man, what a! If I was man, if I could tell my eighteen-year-old self not to mm-hmm. do it, <laughs> like this is going to cause you way more stress than you actually yeah, need yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> I totally would have. Um. Well, on to our next topic. Uh, so, I don't, have you been following up on what's going on in Georgia? Uh, not refresh me. So, in Georgia, they are having a runoff for two of their Senate seats. So, it's rare that any state has two Senate seats um, up for grabs in one election. But this year, both of them are up for grabs. And the rule in Georgia is that in order for you to obtain a Senate seat, you have to get a majority of the votes. And so each candidate that's now in the runoff, none of them have gotten over 50 percent of the of the popular vote in their state. So. One of the one of the men who will be running, his name is Reverend Raphael Warnock. Mm-hmm. He is actually one of the pastors at Martin Luther King's mm-hmm. church in Atlanta. And so I heard this and I, and I I've been reading up about him and I was just thinking about how you know, obviously in the civil rights movement, a lot of what was kind of coming out of that uh, a lot of what was happening was being powered through students and through the church and these days you don't really see that mm-hmm. too often and so I'm wondering like one why is that and should more pastors and preachers take a more active role in politics um, well let me just say uh, uh, Reverend Warnock he's a son of Abyssinia which is interesting he actually I believe he was a really? he was a youth pastor there, and then 
uh, he became the assistant pastor in the late nineties. So it's funny how the world works. Um, and he just preached yeah. at the church anniversary on November 8th. So we just heard a sermon from him. Um, at that time, did he mention anything about his election? I was not Georgia? But, but <laughs> uh, perhaps, I know Dr. Butts had re- mentioned it. He definitely made a thing, you know, how he is. So he definitely made it known of what his ambitions were. So um, I did not, I don't know what Reverend Warnock said, but uh, he is a son of Abyssinian and has been in service there um, quite some time ago. Um, I think, I don't know, for us, it was different growing up because like, at least in Kojic, like that's not really a thing for politics to be mixed with church. It's actually, at least the way we kind of grew up. Um, I know like maybe in the 60s, see churches were like a hub. Like, you know, right. you really didn't have a lot of options back then. It's like church where you're getting your social gatherings, your political, that was like your political uh, fortress. You know, like you heard a lot of um, sermons that were speaking for, um, you know, civil rights and all that kind of stuff. So that you're kind of getting all in one. I don't really know when that kind of dissolved or changed or like, you know, whatever, what have you. I think it's fine to have a pastor who's in politics, like running for like maybe like a seat in the house or whatever he will want to do or like even public office, like the mayor or whatever. I don't see a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You just, it's just more work for you. Because <laughs> I, I do believe a pastor right, should right. be on hand to handle members like individually obviously if you have a mega church you can't but like the church that we grew up at that's a perfect size to like know all of your at least steady members i don't know i don't know if being right you know right. working for the government I don't, you can't do that so um i guess i'm kind of torn i do think it's fine but then i do think you'd be lacking on, on, on one yeah, side you know lacking. i yeah i'd always kind of I, I never found out why our church was like that. And it, it always bothered me because like they would always want to claim like, oh, well, you know, Kojic Church, a Kojic Church is where Martin Luther King had his last mm-hmm. speech before he was assassinated. And they were like, you know, Kojic Church was the only church that held that would have that was open to holding Malcolm X's mm-hmm, funeral. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, so like, but where mm-hmm. were y'all in the actual movement? Besides from just like being buildings that important mm-hmm. stuff happened mm-hmm. in. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't get me wrong. That is somewhat important as well. Like being a place that's going to offer aid to people who are trying to power these, you know, monumental, um, you know, I guess the movements, they are monumental movements in time. But I'm also just kind of like, but where'd you guys lean politically in terms of like, were you guys like mm-hmm. active? You know, like, were you encouraging people to, to, uh, to participate? Right? Because it's just kind of like, it's almost like there were somewhat like bystanders. Mm-hmm of the whole movement. And I think, I don't know, that's always kind of bothered me mm-hmm. about Kojic. Because even, like, when things happened in Ferguson, I was oh, yeah, kind of like, huge. I was like, you guys have your national convention there. And I know things were said that came from um, 
from what's his name from mm-hmm. from Bishop Blake, but like it didn't seem like they were. It didn't seem like it was a national thing where they were like, every church that's going to be there, you need to be raising money to support uh, the protesters of Ferguson because that's yeah. going to be our focus. I, it was just like, nah, we're there to church. I think you can go down to like theology and really doctrine. Like, you don't really see anything in a Kojic, you know, I guess bylaws or doctrines, like really talking about social justice and rights. It's more like, the religious aspect of it. And then going into the denomination, you can see a a lot of the priorities are basically church-based. So like the, uh, the concerts, the fashions, the, um, the praise breaks, you know, in the last 20, 30 years, that's become like a thing. So a lot of people, a lot of people go to these events, Mm -hmm. not to hear about what's going on in the world. They come, I don't know if it's like an escape. Okay. That's kind of deep. Um, it can be like an escape, like from the mm. real world. It's like, oh, I want to go to like this fantasy land <laughs> where we just dress and dance and socialize, right. as opposed to like facing. Of course, no one will admit such a thing, um, but I do. Right, I can see right. that being like a euphoric place, especially what, especially with the celebrities that Kojic has, you know, musically and and preaching yeah. too. So it's like you come into this wonderland of, you know, whatever. It, it, yeah, if that's oh, what you're, and they're like kind of reachable, and you know, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I do think that's a part of it. Um, I, I just think it's like, I think there's a yeah. huge separation of church and state within the Pentecostal, not just Church of God in Christ, um, in that land. It's just a huge separation of like, yeah, we don't do that because we're we're, fo- we're focused on this, right? We're focused on heaven and God and all that stuff, you know. And that's what I see. The the, the real political houses were like the high Baptist churches. When Harlem was black, the AMEs obviously right because I'm like I'm thinking about like Adam oh yeah Powell. I'm just like this dude literally ran a church and was running like political national uh, political office as yeah. a House of but, Representatives or as a member of House of Representatives for Harlem. So I'm just kind of like, how is it that didn't like? Spread throughout mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. of Harlem. Not that, not that I expect, not that I expect every single church in Harlem to have like this strong political sense, right? Like there's, there's, I think there's a saying that's just like there's of the people that think about like like all the black people in America during the civil rights movement. There was only a handful of them that were really like participating either as leaders or as just like. Literally, I'm just here to participate, to walk in marches, to lend hand, to like create signs and stuff like that, right? Like that's only a handful of black people. So it 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 makes sense that it's only going to be a handful of churches that really participate. I just find it strange that Pentecostal or I guess you could say Pentecostal churches, but Kojic Church being that is the largest black Pentecostal church in America. I don't ever hear or see anything mm-hmm. about them outside of like what we see and hear for, from being yeah. inside. I, you know, what I'll say about Adam Clay Powell Jr. Obviously I don't know much, but I will say, yes, he did those things. But like I said before, was he, and I guess what people viewed as a pastor is different than maybe now. I know people 
I'm much more vocal about their needs from their leader nowadays rather than back. It's like not mm-hmm. just preach and yeah. be fabulous. But now it's like, no, we need you to. <laughs> it's kind of like with parents, like people, parents back then, you just be a parent. But now it's like people are being more vocal about what they need from their parents. So I think, was he like a right. hands-on pastor? Like we can come talk to him about our marital problems. There's that. What I do want to like um, point out is that Kojic started from farmers. A lot of people in the early days were not learned. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, like you got somebody, and I won't call any names, but you have people who were like eighth grade education, eighth, eighth grade education that went all the way up to the bishopric. So I just don't right, know right. if he equipped if they were to even really. Equipped and I'm, not, I'm not to say they didn't have the potential, mm. but like they didn't have the proper foundation to go into high office. You know, to even just measure. No, I'm going to say it. To measure up to like someone who finished high school, went to college, didn't get their master's, studied law, studied politics. And a lot of those people became reverends of AME churches. Because like the standard was just so different. Right. You had to have an education to get to some, like running for like an AME church or like Mm. a Baptist church. It was like a running. It wasn't like, okay, you've been here for 40 years. Here you go. So you know, like the the just right, the right. the pedigree was different. Now that's interesting. Now that part I have never thought about, and I'm glad you brought that up because that that actually makes sense. Um, but going back to what you were saying about Adam Clayton Powell, you know, I was thinking also like, what are some of the pitfalls that come from someone being like a pastor and then also trying to run? For political office you know i was thinking like well one you're under a serious mm-hmm. microscope mm-hmm. at that point like everything you do is going to reflect not just on you know how you run things in your political office but also how you run things in your church and like you're not going to be able to really yeah. separate yeah. the two you know um and i was just thinking like Maybe it's just too much opportunity for yeah, he had plenty to happen. He was awful. <laughs> exactly. He was vile. <laughs> uh, have you? I sort of because I don't have epics, but that I know that I did get the first two or three episodes for free. That was huge because Doctor Buzz was like, "Don't watch okay. that." You know, that's our past. You know, that that's like our that's one of our former pastors. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, that's a yeah. thing." I mean, I can get it. It's like somebody like. Well, like, saying Bishop Kelly was like stealing stuff, like you know, like it would be like, oh, don't like we're not supporting that. You know, it just depends on how you right, feel about right. the church, the brand of Abyssinian. The powers are huge, the father and the son. True, I've met his. I'm, I think I've met his the fourth great grandson. Uh, yeah, he came. I know Maybe. I met him one time. He came to the church. I was like, okay. I was like, wow, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but it looks like, just like him so too. timid. That's I was like, wow, like, like you have such a legacy. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I wonder what how that goes off when you're talking to chicks. Like, yeah, I'm Adam yeah, Clayton Powell. My grandfather's whole avenue after him. Yeah, this whole yeah, avenue, that's this whole process. avenue here. Yeah, it's my great grandfather. That that building on 125th and and Seventh Ave, or Adam Clayton Powell. Yeah. That's his statue. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. I wonder if it's like family money, <laughs> but who knows? It's it's so interesting. Like, 
I'm so sure there when is. he died, the church was like 50 people. I'm, I'm sure it is. That's that's how it always happens with like a lot of these religious. I'm sure, like, I'm sure if you went to a synagogue or if you went to, um, I forget what they call them in for what the Muslims Mosques. call their places of worship. If you went to a mosque, yeah, if you went to a mosque, you know, like, or even a Hindu temple, whoever, if there's like a a leader there who is like the figurehead of that church or that mosque or that synagogue, as soon as they die, people just, they just feel loyal to that person and not necessarily very to true, very the true. institution, you know? I think he and left it with 50 on. when he was like he when he died, there were 50 people like he like he had run it down. Not like he not that he died, people were Oh, oh, oh. And I'm sure oh, that was oh. a thing too, but oh that, that's what he, that's what I heard. I wasn't there. So yeah. It's amazing. Um such an influential church. But yeah. no, I do agree. Crazy, I do believe crazy. being the leader of a church is it's really a full-time job. And you know, I I mean, even Dr. Butts was the president of a school, SUNY or Westbury. I mean, I think that's a little different than like running for office. That's obviously a whole nother level. Like so, but right, yeah, uh, that's, I just, that's very different. You know, I I would just imagine that running a church, you know, being in charge of the ministries and what. But you know, Abyssinia is a different church than like the Kelly Temple. Um, someone Abyssinian, you have people to be in charge of ministries. You know, people obviously get paid to do what they do. A Pentecostal church of a certain stature, the mm-hmm. pastor con is in everything. Like, you know, like everybody's running to the pastor. So it's it's just a different pull. Right. It's a different right. tug. So I, I definitely That's couldn't true. see. That's true. I would just need my pastor to be a little more hands-on, personally. Well, Reverend Raphael, we wish you luck in your runoff. Um, honestly, my own take on it, I don't know if they're actually going to flip those Georgia seats blue. If one of them does, mm-hmm. that'd be great. If both, fantastic. But the likelihood is slim to none. But Georgia, people in Atlanta and the surrounding areas, Black people all over Georgia, please go out and vote, support uh, Reverend Raphael as well as the other Democratic candidate. Because uh, I don't think we can handle any more of this uh, right. Republican Senate being in power. This has been, yeah. this is crazy. Well, this brings us to our last segment for this episode, our saints and centers of the week. Um, we're actually going to have two saints and two centers. Um, so first, I'd like to say congratulations to Lewis Hamilton, who is seven-time F1 auto car racing champion. Um, For those of you who don't know, I myself am an avid fan of F1 now, probably been getting into it for the past two years. Um, And Lewis Hamilton is the first and only Black person to have ever driven in the F1 car series. So the F1 cars, they include car makers like McLaren, Mercedes-Benz, Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, kind of like top of the line 
cars. I even think I think next season Aston Martin is coming back. So these are like the top of the line, top of the line uh, racing cars in the world. So last week he actually wound up becoming a seven-time champion, and he is now tied for the most championships in the history of the actual uh, racing of the F1 racing car industry. So congratulations to him. I think he was also nominated most influential black person of the year in the UK because he's really taken it upon himself to lead a lot of the, um, I guess, anti-racism messaging, even within F1 itself. So like this year, they've been doing a whole thing where they've been kneeling before the before the starts of the races, he even wore like um, an arrest Brianna Taylor's. Um, I don't know if it was arrest Brianna Taylor's uh, killer shirt or if it was a say her name shirt, but he wore that. He's been wearing like the Black Lives Matter um, shirts, and he even like had a lot of his um, competitors uh, wear those shirts as well. So, congratulations to him. Um, you want to do the next one? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, the next center will be Alex Saint. Saint, Saint, Saint. Saint. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, will be Alex Trebek, who was the host of Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely an iconic figure. Um, yeah, I would say as long as I can remember, he's been um the host. Uh, yeah, like he's been hosting that show, I think, since I want to say that show started in the 80s. Yeah, I think I, I think 84. Yeah, he um, he went from 84 until obviously 2020. Which is crazy. Like that. Talk about longevity. Yeah. In, <laughs> on TV. And such an iconic show. I mean, it's not like a, it's like one of those game shows that. You know, now like a game show, you can just find it everywhere. But like, that's one of those game shows that were, I guess, pioneering in mm-hmm. a sense. And it just really lasted all the way through. Yeah. Um, and still yeah. is popular today. So between that and like Family Feud, but obviously they've gone through their many hosts, but he um, has definitely been on that pioneering game show for, Absolutely. I guess, th- three decades. And he had stage four cancer. Yes. So it, it looks like the first. Sorry, so he started it in 1984, but the first episodes of the first version of Jeopardy aired between 1964 and 1975. That's crazy. Um, and it was hosted by this guy named Art Fleming, who that name actually sounds very familiar. Um, but it looks like Alex, they killed it in 75, but then came back nine years later with Alex Trebek as the host. And that's when it just took off. Yeah. So, but yeah, rest in peace to Alex Trebek. That's the um, second second star this year that we know that died of um, cancer, with uh, other than Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, and you know what's his name got diagnosed too, Al Roker. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god, it was so positive. I mean, mm-hmm. oh god, that's just like what being upfront looks like. Like yeah. you know, like just burying that stigma. Like I can't talk about it and all that crap. Like no, like. Walk us through. I mean, if, if you feel comfortable to. Of course, of course. Um, it's crazy. It's like all all the people who were probably like in their late 40s or like maybe even in their 30s 
when we came into this world who who have been like you know on tv for you know this amount of time Mm -hmm. they're all they're all getting old and it's crazy crazy because that's another one like i remember him being a part of my life my entire childhood yeah you know between him and he was the weather guy yeah yeah (laughs) between him and matt lauer and of course that was devastating when his stuff came out (laughs) <laughs> but those were just staples in my life. So definitely Al Roker as well. And hopefully, you know, I just wish him the best. Whatever happens, I just wish it, you know, I wish the best for him. Definitely a yeah. part of a lot of people's lives on NBC. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, on to our sinners of the week. Uh, the first one is going to be a repeat center. We have named her before, mm-hmm. but Candace Owens. <laughs> so I guess what happened was Harry Styles, who I believe is like, he's an actor. He's like a British actor, right? Um, I believe that's what he's either an actor or a musician. Anyways, he was, yeah, he was featured on the cover of Vogue. I believe he's like the first man to actually be on the cover of Vogue. Um, and I guess he had what he was wearing. He was wearing a dress Mm -hmm. and she then decided to put her two cents in. It was like, yeah, we need, we need to bring back manlier men. You know, all strong societies are built on, on the backs of strong men, bring back manly men. I just want to say people have to get this idea that there's a dress code for gender roles. And and when I say that, I am not saying, oh, I'm not used to the idea of like men wearing dresses, you know, like that kind of gender fluidity. What I want to say is the trousers, like, I'm sorry, trousers were not a common thing until I'll say the 1700s. I'm not talking about like britches and colonial era. I'm talking about trousers that we yeah that, the way that we look the today, way that we that look we that we, yeah the way that we look to it today as if this is what men wear. That was not a thing until the prior to 1700s when Savile Row became right. a thing. So you know, men before that they wore like tunics, tunics and, and, and Native <laughs> Americans wore. Um, I can't think of the, the the garment right now, but like it was like a it wasn't a dress, but it was you know it had that look. So, yeah, right, trousers right. and what we, you know, say is masculine and, you know, men must wear pants. You don't wear anything else. That's very new. And I just wish people would stop acting like their their knowledge of things is the end all be all. Right. Right. Um, right. I just I mean, one, he wasn't it's not like he was doing it for you. Right. <laughs> you didn't even need to comment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, like, I don't you're never going to to be on the cover of Vogue. You're just not what they're looking for, you know, politically or physically, I'm going to say. Yeah. Just because Vogue has a history of not really featuring Black women unless they're, like, ridiculously famous, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? Um, and not controversial. And not controversial at all. Um, so, yeah, I don't even know why she even felt the need to say something. Um, 
And lastly, so I saw this video on, I believe it was uh, the Shade Room. There's this white guy sitting in the car with his hands up, and he's just like, please, President Donald Trump, I pray to you to please deliver me from these people. (laughs) I'm like, wow, Donald Trump literally has a cult following him. Mm -hmm. To the point that they are praying. This they're praying to him. This is disgusting. Yeah. What is wrong with these people? Yeah. Like, I, and and the the thing that messed me up about it in this video, he's visibly wearing a cross around his yeah. neck. Yeah. And I'm just like, did y'all not read the Old Testament? Y'all will have no false gods. Y'all will not bear witness to false gods. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, like, remember the video I showed you that time when they, I think it was like a the night before election night or election night, when those people were like laying out, out outside of the um, voting hall and they were like laying hands yeah. on the doors and like almost mm-hmm. like travailing that he will yeah. win. I was like, wow, this is crazy. It, it makes well, no, I would say, like, I agree. He has a cult following. It it makes you wonder, and I think you've brought this up before, is like, are we praying to the same God? Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what's her name? What, who was the woman last week who was doing the speaking in tongues and she was saying she, she was calling on oh, um, um, African angels? Like, you and I cannot be talking about the same God in mm-hmm. Jesus because mm-hmm. there's just no way that you as a pastor, knowing that this man does not read the Bible, does not attend church, does the things that he does, and then uses the church as a prop mm-hmm. that you are praying that he gets back into mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. Like, no wonder so many people look at, like, Christians and they be like, oh, yeah. Like, they don't want to have, they don't want to deal with yeah, Because people who are considered leaders are sick in the head. And it's so so figurative. Like, when I made that statement, it's like, obviously, it is the same God and Jesus. Like, what we all, all believe. But figuratively, it is not the same. Like, it is just no. not, like, people are praying for their freedoms, like, that. They, like Black people praying during slavery, praying that their loved ones are not killed on a daily for no reason. They're praying to get out right. of slavery. People in the 60s praying for their rights. You know, people praying that you don't get lynched in the street. Those are the same, okay, people are doing that. You got other people in the KKK praying to the same God. And it's like <laughs> praying for their supremacy, <laughs> and I mean right. that God will keep will will keep bringing them yeah. favor and like and dominion over and people. like yeah like rejoicing when they kill someone. So while it is the same God in Jesus, figuratively, figuratively, it is not. And no, I I, I stand by that. That is that's a that's a yeah. true thing because it, it, the God and it's a, it's so weird. It's the same literature it's the same bible it ain't like it, it can't get much clearer yeah, it's, than that. it's not like it's not like, like okay they got their own 
and then blacks have their own or like Democrats have their own, Republicans have their own. It's the same book. So what right. are you people reading? Like thou shalt not kill. What are you people reading? Like and they just do and they did it like during slavery and during um antebellum period, like all throughout throughout the sixties, mm-hmm. they were lynching people and having parties about yeah, yeah, yeah. like and burning crosses, which is a symbol of I don't understand that. I've never understood yeah. that. I do not understand how you could think burning a cross to terrify people is something Christian-like. Well, to me, that's when Christianity was used as an empire rather than a religion. Um, yeah. I think Christianity just... I, I think I've said this before. It became more like a a power... I can't really explain it. It's like a, 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 a empire. Something to use against people hard to say really but like we're doing this in the name of jesus but we're going to kill you yeah yeah so as like even even to the point of like i mean i think about um the church in birmingham when they bombed that Mm -hmm. church the baptist church i I forget what the name is i want to say saint ebenezer but i don't think that's what it's called um but i'm like y'all actually killed people in a Mm -hmm. church Put a bomb underneath a church pew on Sixteenth Street Baptist. I'm sorry, Sixteenth Street Baptist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and y'all thought that was Christian of you, yeah. like, like I think about the early, early days of the Bible. You could, if you weren't assigned to actually work in the temple where they had like the uh, where they had the Ark of the Covenant and all mm-hmm. that if you went in there and you weren't supposed to you used to mm-hmm. die and like how does it how does how do things get to the point where people are like you know what we're gonna do we're gonna take this religious symbol and we're gonna desecrate it to instill fear in the people also, we're gonna kill people while they're in their places of worship, and then and then they'd they be good, and, and they live a full life. You, how can <laughs> how can you think that you're oh that you're going to be okay? Okay, well, to me, that's a whole other conversation because I <laughs> would then question the validity of that Old Testament stuff. Like, okay, did that really happen? But, um. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about Christians today. Like you, like I'm thinking of it in the sense of like, okay, clearly like holy places are not to be desecrated. Is basically what I mean by that, right? Like it, it was to the point at one point in, in the Old Testament that like if you walked into the temple and you weren't, you know, righteous or or whole, you would like you would instantly die or whatever, right? And whether it be the validity of it, whether it be valid or not, like. If they say it happened, it happened. Whatever. Okay. But I'm saying that we are so far removed from that that people think it's okay to go into places of worship and to kill mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no respect for that place yeah, of worship yeah. now. That's basically what I'm getting at. It's like people didn't dare to do to like go into into the temple or into the tent, whatever it was 
in the Old Testament, where wherever you are in the Old Testament, people wouldn't dare go in there just off the off the fear oh, yeah. of mm-hmm. of God like killing you because you weren't right. And now here are these people going into, I mean, it's happening even today. Still to this day, people go into people's places of worship to do, to create massive casualties. It made me think of like the Dylan Roofs thing, um, how yeah. he went into that church and was like actually participating in Bible study with them. So creepy, yo. Like you almost it's like sick. you almost want to wonder, okay, when when they when, when was he like, okay, let me do it now, and like when did it turn? How did it look? Kind of morbid, but like, yeah, went into that those people's church and had the motive of doing because um, I read that he wanted to start a race war. That's why he did it. Just mad it's sick. Crazy. So, and yes, these people are supposed to be worshiping the same God. It's amazing. That's so scary to me. A God of freedom and liberty. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry to leave it off on a board. Yeah. <laughs> but, yo, but that's I, life. I, yeah, I that's know. We got, but that's life. You know, we have ups yeah. and we have downs. Um, well, that's our episode for this week. Uh, check us out on Twitter at of Saints Center Pod at and then on Instagram at of Saints and Sinners Podcast. Um, follow us, uh, spread the word, share the episode with your friends, help us grow our flock. We will talk to you next week. Peace out. Peace.